0: i i feel like it predated stretch armstrong at like as a property because stretch armstrong was like the 80s 90s somewhere in there and this was like um, from the 70s
1: i think stretch armstrong was from the 70s and the only reason i know that is because there is a song called 19 something i think like that's the title of the song it's a country song and it's called like 1970 something or 1980 something uh and it's a song about like just all the stuff that went on through the decades it's by mark wills or maybe mark willis i'm pretty sure it's mark wills um and in the very the opening verse is 1970 something and he does mention that he has seen the stuff they put inside stretch armstrong
0: oh wow so, so it was just a toy that had a resurgence
1: right so i do think stretch armstrong went all <laughs> the way back to the 70s based on my encyclopedic knowledge of country <laughs> music. Um, we've
0: we've discussed how like I'm real good at knowing when stuff happened, not because I know when stuff happened, but because I'm able to point whether or not it happened before or after Cowboys.
1: Yeah. I love <laughs> that about you. That's like one of that's like one of my favorite traits about you is like that <laughs> and like how good you are at putting dessert flavors together. They're, they're well, those are the same thing yeah the same, yeah, the same. <laughs> did this flavor come before or after cowboys is the question <laughs> did they have sakura flavor before cowboys oh yes absolutely way before <laughs> i was just thinking about venom and peter in the this is our get along shirt but because you sent me that like giant venom it's like peter's like his f- feet are like several feet off the ground and <laughs> he's just like he's just like hanging in the sleeve of the shirt and venom's like this big like you know like bulldog like his chest is heaving and it's just as this is our get along shirt in like finger paint
0: (laughs) who's making them wear this shirt in this scenario
1: um i think probably uh i think probably eddie like eddie's like okay i'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna be venom now but we have to wear the, the get along shirt and Peter's like, I'm down with that. And then he turns into Venom and he's like, I hate this shirt. And Peter's like, uh-uh, Eddie said <laughs> we gotta wear the get-along shirt. And then J. Jonah Jameson gets pictures of Spider-Man and Venom in the get-along shirt. And he's like, This is clearly fake. And Peter's like, Yeah, definitely super didn't happen. And yeah, I can't can't fathom how this one would go down. Was there was was Spider-Man there and was seeing a get-along shirt with Venom? <laughs>
0: I hope so. I really hope so. God, I hope. I feel so like too. Venom is the get along shirt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like Eddie like hugs Peter, and he's like, "We're best friends." And then, like, the symbiote just envelops both of them. Like, this is my get along yeah. alien. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but,
0: but just from the waist up, because it's just it, there's only so much.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm ready to jump right into it. Into our very exciting topic this week so yeah let's go ahead and do that why not let's just go ahead and start the podcast What's up, everybody? My name is Zeke, and I'm Kat, and we are here to ask the question: Was Spider Man there? And I just activated my phone's Siri knockoff (laughs) on accident. (laughs) Well, I mean, geez, if we could, we could ask Siri that. Like, show over. Yeah, I think Siri. Well, I think it depends on how intimately Siri is familiar with Spider Man. Maybe she's a big fan, or they're a big fan, because you can have a male Siri, right? You can have a Siri that's a man. I don't know.
0: I'm kind of anti talking to my cell phone that way.
1: Okay, that's totally fair. Yeah, all of our Google Homes are unplugged and they don't really work anyway, honestly. Mm -hmm. So if it's supposed to be listening all the time, I wish it would do a better job. (laughs) Was Spider-Man there? Ask Siri and then let us know what she says. (laughs) But that's the whole point of the podcast. So what we do is we run this podcast in two parts. And uh, the first part we call elevator pitch, which is where... I throw together a cool Spider-Man story based on a theme that Cat gives me, uh, and then Cat has some time to research and find out if Spider-Man was there. This may sound very easy, except for I don't know diddly squat about Spider-Man. Although I have learned, we're on episode seventeen now, Jeez. and I've uh, right, <laughs> and I've learned some very interesting things, and I feel like I'm kind of moving away from don't know anything about spider-man to like i know about as much about spider-man as like as like your normie uncle would like an uncle that doesn't read comics but he's seen like the spider-man movies and he can recall some details that's kind of where i'm at hopefully uh, i think we'll end the podcast when i can rival cat's knowledge so that is to say this will have to go on forever (laughs) I mean, I'm learning new things, like, every week, too, so. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's encouraging, then. Small things, though, I'm I'm entirely sure. <laughs> a small little fill-in-the-gaps knowledge. Spider-Man putty, if you will. So this week is a theme that I've wanted to do for a long time, and I can't wait for, not only for Kat to hear my pitch, I can't wait for the second half of the podcast, because the theme is so wild, but I can't talk about the second half of the podcast <laughs> right now because you're just not ready for it i'm not and i haven't gone through the training program it's very rigorous and the selection process is very difficult so i hope i make the cut this is a joke about astronauts because our theme this week is get in loser we're going to space Do-do-do-do. we're going to space i mean me and kat are i hope you are not if you are an astronaut listening to this podcast you legally have to tell us <laughs> uh because whoa can you listen to I, I have to assume you could listen to a podcast it's, it's not radio it's just an audio file so yeah stupid question zeke of course you can listen to a podcast in space so if you're in space what's good uh, probably whatever's is out is spider-man there, there? yeah is spider-man there tell us <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about it right now, but if we find out in, in by the time this episode airs, um, you can just let us know. Like, no, he's out here. He's just straight cooling. Um, he said everything going on 2020, not for him. So he just bounced, which no one can blame him for. Uh, so this week, we're going to space. It's very exciting and very cool. This is kind of a broad category. And we had talked about Johnny Storm. And Spider-Man's adventures in space in the, the Spidey Torch episode, right? And then you also sent me some really incredible art of Spider-Man and Johnny Storm smooching in space, which was incredible. I I mean, it really blew my mind. Super big brain, galaxy brain, if you will. I'm gonna, I'm trying so hard not to run out of space puns in the first half of this <laughs> podcast. Pace yourself. I'm pace. I'm trying. So I thought about who I think would be the most fun to see go to space, and my ori- <laughs> my original thought was Sandman because nothing would be holding him together. <laughs> and I thought that's stupid. I can't. He would just that get up.
0: stuck in all the equipment. It yeah, just terrible.
1: Like, <laughs> he's in the airlock but he's keeping it shut and he's like someone save me you assholes i thought about doc ock for a minute but then that kind of i don't know it just felt like cheating it was like well he's got all those arms like the zero gravity thing doesn't really play into it and then you know like i ran through a couple other villains like i thought about like venom like what if spider-man went to space and he found out planet and it was like planet venom but then we did the venom episode and I, when i found out about planet venom and so i was like oh can't do that one <laughs> like so i just thought and i thought and i thought and i came back to my my tried and true trusty partners in crime the osbornes if you've been listening to the podcast and you know anything about me hopefully that thing is that i really love harry osborne but I also love Norman not in the same way although I will say Willem Dafoe really did it but that said I love the Osbournes as characters I think that they're phenomenal and they have endless potential and appeal especially with the stories that we've talked about and all the wild shit that they just get into so this week I would like to present to you the story of uh Spider-Man's weirdest brawl yet okay so norman osborne in this story is kind of like who's that guy that owns all the virgin um hotels richard branson sure is that that guy's name okay so that guy is like whatever we're sending people to the moon so like like recreationally like just regular joe schmoes
0: Uh who have
1: you know like five million dollars on hand i feel like norman osborne starts a program like that but specifically for like scientists who would not otherwise get to go to the moon like non-astronaut scientists or not even the moon just the space he's like whatever we'll just send a botanist up there like why not what if we find space plants and so he's like developing this this program and harry's like oh hey what if we send peter and norman's like i don't know i don't know and harry's like well he's he's like really smart and like i think it would be a super cool opportunity because i know that my best friend wants to go to space dad like <laughs> do me a solid right here you know and i won't have to buy him anything for his birthday for the rest of his life so there's like some mix up with the paperwork and the denial is actually sent as an approval and so peter gets like the notice like hey show up to the training facility on this day at this time and you're going to be trained to go to space on on behalf of ozcorp and peter's like um okay and so I do want to say that I think there's, like, a phone call where he's like, Hey, Avengers, can you guys handle New York for, like, a month? Because I'm going to space, baby. And they're like, no. And he's like, oh, no, I can't hear you. I'm in space. And then he hangs up the phone. <laughs> so he winds up in this training program through one way or another. um, He just kind of slips past Norman's, I guess, oversight. Because it's Norman's program, but he's not, like, a scientist on it. So I don't imagine he's there for, like every piece of it or whatever Mm -hmm. however the scientists that are being sent up are actually all going to be like hostages of the green goblin and norman's gonna be like oh no how did the green goblin get there for one nefarious reason or another but little does the green goblin know that spider-man is also (laughs) going to be on this spaceship now the details of this i have not worked out i do i want to say that i feel like everyone's in Like cryopods or something, and maybe like there has to be a way that, like, the green goblin doesn't know which one of them is Spider Man, or maybe he does. I, I don't know. Maybe this is the comic where he finds out and he's like, All of the cryopods are full except for Peter Parker's. That's my green goblin voice. It's good, it's good. Thanks. So, I just listen the whole culmination is that I wanted Spider Man and the green goblin to have a zero gravity fist fight in space. That's it. I'm a simple man, that's all I wanted. More than that, though, I was interested to know what kind of adventures in space Spider-Man has had kind of outside of those with the Fantastic Four. But obviously, like I know that like that's going to be kind of a crux of it. But I'm really curious if there's ever been a time that Spider-Man was there in space and he had to fight a villain. Uh, This is not
0: related to the comics that I read or anything. But as you were telling me your pitch, all I could think about was that movie that came out like a couple years ago um okay whatever whatever that movie was called that got like not good reviews because they were like ah this, mm, this you're trying to make a rom-com in space and you just made a weird creepy movie about a creepy guy but like i'm just imagining instead that like norman osborne is like walking around all these pods and he's like reading the little bios of all the people that are in the pods and is like ah, oh, yes uh oh, peter parker oh uh he seems like someone i could get along with during this long trip and like wakes peter parker up from cryostasis but then like ah, oh, you the, of all the people and now it's the whole thing yeah <laughs> like, that movie sounds way better to me
1: yeah honestly <laughs> yeah so passengers is the name of that movie passengers that's the um, one. and as soon as you mentioned it i had to like rifle through my brain because <gasps> so you saw good omens right yeah okay you know michael sheen the guy that plays Xerophel. yeah he plays the robot bartender in oh, Passengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only reason I saw the movie, because I'm obsessed with him. And so I've I've seen like every movie that he's been in. <laughs> and when you were like, oh, that movie with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Hudson. And I was like, the Michael Sheen robot bartender movie. <laughs> like... <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. The Michael Sheen robot bartender movie uh, t- came out in 2016. Passengers go watch it if you want <laughs> uh, we, uh, but speaking of uh
0: creepers in space let's let's uh talk about secret wars secret wars secret wars. the most secret of wars oh man okay tell me the secret okay well the secret is i didn't want to read a bunch of comics and i also for the first felt... time
1: in your entire life
0: <laughs> well actually i was just feeling kind of bad because we're on episode 17 and i feel like i haven't talked enough about the spider-man 90s cartoon which was like my gateway drug for spider-man and like spider-man lore um so i was like in middle school when i watched this show i think it was originally a saturday morning cartoon show but for me it was on reruns like every day after school so like every day after school i would like come home and watch spider-man and it was like ah okay um anyways uh but there is a secret wars comic book event But I didn't want to read 12 comics. So instead, I rewatched the three episode arc that they did in the cartoon show, which is a much simpler and easier to digest version of this, because I also felt like it was going to be impossible for me to summarize all 12 episodes or all 12 issues of Secret Wars. So I was like, I could summarize three episodes.
1: Let's do that. So so wait, so are you telling me that all of Secret Wars takes place in space? Pretty much. Oh, boy. Howdy. I got to get a job at Marvel. (laughs)
0: so secret wars in the cartoon version it starts off with a character named madam webb who has had a couple of interactions with spider-man in the past or throughout the life of the series she usually scoops him up and is like oh, i'm gonna take you somewhere and drop you into a situation and you're gonna learn an important lesson and i'm very magical and mystical and he's like all right you're the creepy lady in the floating spider chair i guess is she sure. like
1: is she like you remember in captain planet i feel like this is like the fifth time i've referenced captain planet on this <laughs> podcast. do you remember in captain planet it was like gaia who would send them on their mission gaia
0: was much more like free flowing and like whoo okay and madam webb is like like she's sitting in this big like spider throne and she's like an old lady and she's got like a short bob haircut and like big red glasses and like she's more like
1: she's edna mode
0: no she's real tall and like skinny gaunt and like okay elegant she's elegant okay uh, but she has like this big spider throat and she doesn't like stand like she just kind of floats wherever okay um but she you know she's like oh you know the web of fate and things and and spider-man's like all right i'm just a dude and she's like no more than that he's like all right he's like and- trying to eat a hot dog yeah she's exactly like- <laughs> there's like, like mustard the on his shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> so she scoops him up and drops him on this empty planet and then this dude in like a in a big silver outfit shows up and he's like yo what's up uh or actually he's like a pair of floating eyes and then he, and then of course he <laughs> does the whole like oh th- my can tell that my presence disturbs you let me take a form you're more comfortable with and then he just like takes the form of a d- human disco ball and it's,
1: it's not the silver surfer
0: no 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 he's just a guy that's like uh, what if i looked like a silver samurai but from space <laughs> i mean what if i mean yeah. who among us <laughs> And and so he's like, I come from beyond. You can call me the Beyonder. Spider Man, <coughs> like, all, all right, sure. And uh, he's like, all right, let, we're gonna play a little game. And Spider Man's like, I didn't sign up for this. And so the Beyonder's like, look, I'm I'm extremely powerful. I make the rules. He's like, I have. I, I spend my time observing worlds and planets and, and people on many planets and their cultures and the concepts that they come up with, and I'm fascinated by this concept of good and evil that oh. is very prominent on Earth, and I would like to see which one is more powerful. And Spider-Man is like, uh,
1: okay? Spider-Man's like, it's good. Have you seen yeah. how my comic has been running? like yeah.
0: <laughs> we're on season five now
1: yeah oh that's right we're on the tv show
0: (laughs) so he says all right so what i'm gonna do is like here's this little planet it's an idyllic little planet full of happy little aliens like they've got you know advanced technology they're living their happy little lives what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna go to your planet and i'm gonna cherry pick a handful of bad guys that i know are bad and they're mostly spider-man bad guys in the comic they're just it's a whole grab bag and he's like i'm gonna drop them on this planet And so he picks up Doc Ock, Dr. Doom, the Lizard, Red Skull, and then a guy named Alistair Smythe, who we haven't talked about a lot, but- uh, That name is like
1: pinging in my brain for some reason.
0: Yeah, he, um, his whole thing is like genetic manipulation, and he
1: modifies himself specifically to like take out Spider-Man. Oh my god, do you know how I know who that is? Oh my god wow a piece of spider-man just for me my brother had the spider-man snes game Um, and the intro was so ugly it was like i mean like the sound was so ugly it was supposed to sound like i guess it was supposed to sound like it was put through a techno filter (laughs) of them saying spider-man spider-man radioactive spider-man over and over again right but it was so like Oh my god, it was so annoying. And literally, the first boss fight in the game is Doc Ock. That aside, when the game opens, it's like the camera like descends on the city of New York, and then buildings just start blowing up. And because it's the nest, <laughs> they can't do like a cutscene really. And so just like an image of the Green Goblin like drops on screen, and it's, it just plays his laugh. He's like ah, and then it's and then there's some text, and it talks about how. It's like Green Goblin and Doc Ock and a handful of other villains and Smythe, Smythe have all escaped prison. And I was like, cool, I'm done with all of these people, but who's that guy? <laughs> and, like, like, and I was so bad at the game that I never got to the reveal for like who that is. And so like many years later, I just Googled it because this was like pre-internet when I was playing it. spider-man does not often ping for me so this was a cool moment so
0: what he does is he scoops up all these bad guys and then he drops them on that little planet and then he's like all right i'm gonna fast forward time for one of your earth years and we'll see what what happens to that little planet with all of these evil influences just dropped onto it and spider-man is like um that seems like a really hateful thing to do. Yeah, he's like, why would you? Why are you an ass? Yeah, and so he's like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do now is you now get to assemble a team and take it to that planet and try to overpower them and restore order and goodness. And if good is truly more powerful than evil, you'll be able to do it. And so he kind of drops Spider-Man in this like lab with like a transportation ray. And so he's like, all right, uh, I need some people to help me do shit. Uh, all right. The Fantastic four. Uh, cause that's already four and I don't have to think hard. And, uh, <laughs> he's like, okay, the red skull is here. So obviously I need captain America. And then he's like, uh, and I can't have captain America without his boyfriend. So we need iron man. And then he's like, oh shit. Uh, the X-Men cartoon is really big right now. Cause it's the nineties. And we only have one girl on the team, so Storm. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> just her. Yeah, just Storm. <laughs> she gets there. She's like, I'm not even the best X Man. Like, you call I me? mean, of
0: the of the ones that were in like the '90s X Men, I think she's uh, he picks her specifically because she's like the most powerful, which I think.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. You know what? You're right. Of the '90s X Men,
0: yeah, yeah. Of that roster, out. I think I think that was the right choice
1: for sure. So and Wolverine in space is just too much for me. To pick up. <laughs>
0: they don't make spacesuits that small um so it obviously like they're all just transported there and they're like oh uh, hey we were in the middle of lunch what the hell and so it's a little bit rocky like you know there's a little bit of of like fisticuffs as people are trying to figure things out but he's able to sort of explain like hey uh it, sorry this is all happening i got dumped here too and so they're like all right well we got to get out of this lab and figure out what to do and like they step out the door and it's basically just like beetle juice. like the ground the floor is sandworms i and, love it and so they're just like okay never mind back in the lab back in the lab back in the lab so spider-man is actually like showing some leadership skills because he's like okay we've got invisible woman she's got up a force field but she can't hold that that looks like the reason that the shields went down on around this lab is because they ran out of power and they're like well, we can't get power out of thin air and he's like um abrat storm over yes we can and so like she electrocutes the batteries and they have real shields now so it's you know it's it's showing that like he's actually able to think on his feet a little bit which is like is good because yeah you know he he can lead this team right and then the, the lizard just like busts in and is like tearing shit up. And so like, they're all like, Oh, a bad guy to fight. And he's like, wait, no, he's my friend. And then they managed to subdue him and be, and Reed Richards makes himself useful and like helps suppress the lizard instinct side of his mind. And wake up the Doctor Connor side of his mind, so like he's still in his right mind, but he's in the lizard body, which is really bizarre to see him being like, "Oh, hello there, Peter." You know, (laughs) he doesn't call him Peter. He doesn't know it's Peter, but still, like, like, "Oh, I'm 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 feeling so out of sorts," and it's like this big lizard dude. Sure. That's basically where the first episode ends. In the second episode, it picks up with like Storm has gone to go and negotiate with the remaining aliens on the planet who are trying to form a rebellion. And meanwhile, Spider-Man is like, hmm, I know the Beyonder said I could only have this many people, but we've got a little extra battery power. And so he just, like, brings over Black Cat for no reason I can fully understand.
1: Uh, you know why he brought her. Let's (laughs) not But it's so funny. I played the Spider-Man video game. I know (laughs) what their deal is.
0: What it what cracked me up was that like um when I was looking for these episodes I accidentally watched episode nine and then episode eleven and I missed ten and I was watching the like previously and I was like what the hell what what blade is here what there's vampires and black ca- wait this can't be the ep- episode that I missed and then like I found episode ten and it was the episode that I missed.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Apparently, they packed a lot into one episode they
0: really did like he apparently plucked her out of like a vampire fight like she was helping blade and morbius fight vampires and he was like whoop and so she's really mad because she was like in the middle of something and meanwhile we see uh doc Ock, red skull and alistair Smythe, and they're like at red skull's labs and what got me about this scene was we see uh red skull is flanked by a bunch of aliens that he's, like, conscripted into his fascist army. And I'm uh-huh. like, dude, you can make anybody into Nazis. I'm almost impressed. Like, yeah, like, goddamn. These, God like, damn. weird blue dudes on an alien planet you landed on a year ago are, like, goose-stepping behind you. Wow. Wow. I have to think about that.
1: Um, it's almost as though Nazi and fascist idealism spreads much quicker than people would realize.
0: It, it, it certainly does. Especially when people are in dire straits because you've destroyed their way of life
1: yeah uh anyways
0: uh in case that's relevant to anything red red skull has brought doc over to help him soup up some giant skull cyborgs that he's making Mm -hmm. and this is kind of an interesting situation because like red skull is you know an egomaniac and so is doc og and so like you see alistair smythe kind of like no no my
1: dick is bigger (laughs) yeah
0: basically um like kind of looking at the two of them as they're you know like oh you know once i once i get what i want from him you know he's we're going to destroy him or whatever. So about this time, all the good guys storm Red Skull's fortress. The floor actually becomes lava. They have a very daring battle. And then the rebel forces that Storm was working with managed to bust into the building. And they're fighting in the front and the heroes are kind of like coming in through the back and they managed to split up Doc Ock, Red Skull, and Smythe. And so uh, Spider-Man is like, look, dude, we're just trying to end this fight so we can all go home. And Alistair Smith is like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to actually. I'm with you guys. Like these two guys are just going to fight until they destroy each other and there's nothing left. And I just want to get home and like get back to my dad and keep experimenting on DNA and stuff like that and, you know, be regular earth evil. And so they're like, all right, that that's cool. But uh, OK, good, good talk. <laughs> right. Um so Spider-Man helps them destroy, like, a bunch of the cyborgs. Black Cat ends up getting kidnapped and rescued. And she's had this whole thing through the episode where, like, I don't know that this is canon in any other media, but at least in this universe, Black Cat has been... Ad- they've administered the super soldier serum to her. What? So, like Yeah, so, like, the same Captain America serum was administered to her. And so she's got those same abilities. And so throughout the episode, she's like really awestruck to be there, like with Captain America. And so Spider-Man is like, Oh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's great. And so like at the end of the episode, she's like, Okay, I'm not mad anymore because I got to fight alongside a great hero. And he's like, Oh yeah, Captain America's awesome. And she's like, No, I was talking about you. And then they smooch. And I was like, weren't you? like literally at the beginning of this episode like morbius was like talking about you like you were his
1: girlfriend like what just happened here anyways this is uh, listen it's a wild ride with spider-man and black cat
0: i guess if you're like it doesn't count if you're in space so the third episode starts rolling and in this episode they catch up with the fantastic four who have been in pursuit of dr doom and his like kingdom that he started and the lizard is having a couple of, like, flare-ups, and... His is not great. Yeah, well, like, his, like, every time he uses his super strength, he, like, has kind of, like, a lizard personality flare-up, and so they're like, okay, just keep it chill, like, like, do some meditation or something like that.
1: Yeah, listen to some ASMR.
0: And so they get attacked by uh, some of Doctor Doom's robots, but they, like, literally only scoop up the thing and fly off with him. <laughs> and then they're like wait no more robots and so then they literally just like are like okay and they just like stroll up to the gates of his kingdom and then they walk inside and it's this like paradise and there's a whole community of the aliens and they're just like playing basketball <laughs> like they have <laughs> basketball in this planet <laughs> and like like riding bikes and stuff like that and having a great time and they're like okay this is not what we expected mm-hmm. and they come up to the castle and Dr. Doom is like, oh, I am, of course, a benevolent leader. All I wanted was to use my technology to provide a perfect safe haven for all these people. I'm not a bad guy. And they're like, uh-huh. And then he's like, look what, what I've done for Ben. And so he pulls him out and he's been quote-unquote cured. So he has this, like, mo- I don't know what they call it. It's like a molecular splitter <laughs> science words. It was uh-huh. the 90s. Um, and so he's, like, been able to separate Ben Grimm from his powers so that he can like turn into the thing at will.
1: Okay. And he's like, look, does, you know, I can. Does he look like human Shrek? The thing is like a big orange rocky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I'm talking about when he's like. Oh, human. human Shrek. Oh, uh no, he just looks like a regular dude. Oh, that sucks. Human Shrek is so cute. Okay, go on.
0: Well, I mean, because he was just a regular human dude to start with.
1: Well, yeah, but is he like big? Like he's the same size? Or is he like a little. Is it, like, if, if like, Steve Rogers could turn into Captain America, it will, except for Captain America was made of, like, sugar pops.
0: <laughs> no, no, he's pretty normal. He's okay. Pretty
1: normal looking. All right. I tried.
0: So he's, like, really overwhelmed about, like, being able to have, you know, his life back and not be, you know, this mon- quote-unquote monster anymore. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the Beyonder uses that to coax him into telling him, like, how did we all get here? What's actually going on? And so Ben kind of spills the beans about the Beyonder and what happened there and he's like oh okay that's super interesting i'm not going to do anything evil with that information so he has been take him to the lab where they had all come originally the transporter center and he's like oh this is super interesting i'm just here for intellectual curiosity not going to do anything and transports himself to the place where the beyonder and madam are just like hanging out and i don't know playing frisbee and having margaritas i guess and he uses his recombobulator thing to zap the beyonder and combine the beyonders powers with himself so that he now has all the powers of the beyonder and he's like all right now i can be a super duper king and uh he basically comes back and is like all right so all you good guys are gonna bow down to me right and they're like no we we are not gonna do that and so he throws them out into the desert And while they're trying to make their way back and they're just like, how are we going to fight this guy? He's got the powers of a god. They like look in the sky and they start seeing all these nightmare monsters. What? And by the time I think like Spider-Man manages to like get back really fast before the rest of them. And he's there with uh, Ben Grimm and they're like fighting all these like, you know, they're just like bat monsters and just, you know weird looking things that are like causing havoc and destroying his little kingdom or whatever Mm -hmm. and they finally they like wake him up and he's like what's going on where did all these creatures come from and they're like dude they came from you these creatures like you're able to manifest them because your subconscious is having these thoughts and you are not capable of controlling your powers and he's like no that's that's ridiculous and so he tries to fight them and then as he's like fighting the other heroes show up and as he's fighting the other heroes ben like takes the magic ray gun and shoots him and like separates him into two parts again <laughs> oh, well he separates dr doom from the beyonder and then the beyonder's like all right i've seen enough this is fine i'm like
1: wait but they didn't
0: actually okay sure beyonder says it's over
1: yeah so, so it's over
0: yeah so it's over so he sends or actually i think earlier dr doom sent all the other bad guys back to earth already when he had the beyonder's power so it's just dr doom now and so the beyonder's like all right we're sending you back to earth whoop and then all the other good guys are there and he's like, all right, you guys won. Sure. It was a great, good job, everybody. Uh, I'm going to reset time now so that nothing happened. And, and Ben Grimm was like, wait, so I'm not going to have the ability to change at will anymore. And he's like, Nope, sorry. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. And so he sends everybody back except for Spider-Man and Spider-Man's like, okay, so that's it. it we're done now. And he's like, yeah, that, that's it. Well, I mean, not really. Cause we have a whole other arc for you to go through and it's going to be super exciting and, uh, very dramatic. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then, <laughs> yeah,
1: guess I'll do that. What
0: did crack me up a little bit about this is that like at the beginning of the, of the story arc, like Spider-Man finds a tape recorder. and He's like, I'm going to record this so that the greatest war ever fought won't be a secret war. And then like literally at the end, we never hear about the tape recorder again. And obviously the beyonder has just erased everybody's memories, which like uh. is how it plays out. I think in the comics as well, but, um, yeah so uh spider-man got to fight so many bad guys in space on an alien planet it it was not the green goblin, although I would pay good money to see the green goblin try to use his hand glider in space and I would also pay modest money to see the spider-man version of passengers
1: <laughs> honestly yeah the the listen the glider was a lot of my motivation <laughs> i'm not I'm not gonna play, but also I just. Norman Osborn really seems to kind of have his shit together. I assume he would not be a rich and powerful man if he didn't, although there are some rich and powerful men who really don't have their shit I just, together. I would just like to see the scene in that movie where, like,
0: the Green Goblin, like, has Spidey on the ropes, and he's like, hey, Spider-Man, if two guys were on the moon and one of them killed the other with a goblin guy <laughs> would, <that be laughs> would, would that be
1: fucked up or what? Would that be fucked up or What? That's the movie I want to see. <laughs> yeah, listen. Hey, I think we could get Willem Dafoe to do
0: it. Is he on cameo?
1: <laughs> yeah, is he? <laughs> Willem. <laughs> I know you're not doing anything right now. Super glad to hear that Spider-Man did a big brawl in space. That's really all I want out of life. is just just for weird shit to go down <laughs> in space. I'm a simple man, but I bet there's more weird shit that goes down in space. So we should run over to the second half of the podcast and hear some more. Pew. Okay. Sorry, I'm still really blown away by the basketball aliens. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the second half of the podcast. Uh, Kat, go ahead and uh, tell us what's going on. All right. The second part of the podcast is two truths and a sci-fi fic.
0: This week, I have two canon outer space stories for Zeke and one story I've lifted from an obliging fan. And Zeke has to try and figure out which one of them is the fanfic.
1: This is going to be especially hard this week. I feel like... Sometimes I'm like, maybe I got it. And then I usually don't. But this week, I know I'm boned. Like, this was like... This was like the Miles Morales episode where it was just like, I don't know anything. But this one's just so broad. And like, now that I have heard what went on in a cartoon they put on TV, I'm... I'll be amazed. But I'm gonna give it my best shot. This week's
0: sticker is... uh, I didn't have any specifically spider-man in space stickers so this week you can have an astronaut Relicuma sticker
1: oh my god i love that guy man Ugh. there's no there's no astronaut spider-man sticker i know That's, that get was. with it marvel hey honestly but hey listen if you're somebody and you make stickers and you want to draw some some spider-man in space stickers you should tweet us at was spidey there on twitter or you can send us an email at was there at gmail.com and we'll take a look at your spider-man astronaut stickers and probably buy them because we're um like that <laughs> in fact i can guarantee you we will <laughs> um spider-man fishbowl helmet floating around in space if you can incorporate an elton john rocket man reference in there it's a hundred percent a sale that's it the end at was there on twitter was at gmail.com Let us know if you have ideas for a future episode, or if you've got Spider-Man astronaut stickers. But for this week, I am ready to compete for Rilakkuma, so hit me. All right, here's number one. When five clones of Thanos each modeled- Oh, I don't like this one.
0: (laughs) Each modeled after Professor X, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Galactus, and Gladiator- attempt to kill the original thanos in an effort to destroy the universe it's up to spider-man and some amazing friends to take to the stars and save reality
1: um okay that one got progressively wilder as you were reading it you were like five clones of thanos fine modeled after professor x Uh uh-oh all these other people excuse me And they're trying to kill the original Thanos. What? They're not made by Thanos? Okay, so canon or not, this one has baffled me. But let me go ahead and hear the other two before I make any judgments. All right, here's the second
0: one. Okay. Earth has grown weary of the endless battles between heroes and villains and has all but given up. And the world is held captive under Victor Von Doom's rule. With all his old teammates dead or missing, his old villains vanquished, Peter has nothing left to lose and volunteers to head to Doom's satellite base for some light sabotage. But when he reaches the void expanse of space, who should he meet but a familiar foe?
1: Or is it foes? Oh, okay. This one feels canon. But let me hear the third one.
0: Number three. Spider-Man joins Venom in an effort to liberate hundreds of alien symbiotes from a lab that seeks to use them for nefarious purposes. Spidey's priority is keeping the symbiotes out of the hands of those who would use them to harm innocent people. But Venom forces him to reconsider just who his definition of people includes.
1: Ooh, okay, I really like that one. There's always one that I really love. It always winds up being the fanfic. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna let the one that I really like be the fanfic. So I really think the first one is canon because it mentions Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I think the second one is canon because Victor Von Doom engaging in this behavior is that's kind of his just MO. That's what they have him do in comics as as far as I understand. Was there not a, like a Tumblr blog or something about is Doctor Doom hot? <laughs> I think there might be. I feel like you sent me that. Anyway, yeah, so that's my vote. Honestly, I've come to the conclusion very quickly. I think that it's canon, canon fanfic final answer. Someone's getting a Kuma sticker um damn it hell yeah pew <laughs> pew 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 let it never be said that uh zeke miller did not go with his gut about venom <laughs> <laughs> i love it i'm so excited okay let's tell tell us about these plots
0: all right well let's talk about the fanfic first okay so this is a short little one shot it's called personhood and it's by ck ret2 so C K R 2 okay um and I really like this. I I honestly, I scoured the edges of the galaxy looking for a good fic for this week. And I really liked this one a lot because I like stories like this. I I would consider this like a bottle episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And I like stories like this where the hero who's always right is not right necessarily. And they're mm-hmm. forced to kind of re-examine their, <laughs> re-examine their prejudices to borrow right. the line. And so, yeah, so this is like a story where like they're breaking into a lab and, you know, Spider-Man is a little bit on his high horse about like partnership, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got a new partner or whatever. And like he the way that he addresses Venom is a little bit like off. It's it's sort of strange because like, you know, Spider-Man is very aware that like Venom is not one individual. And so he's sort of addressing Venom as a pair or as a unit and then. Venom starts to speak from the symbiote's point of view at a certain point and like that catches him off guard but he's basically just like oh like our goal is to get the symbiotes out of this lab because we can't let them infect people um, because that would hurt people and Venom is like well yeah but we also can't let the symbiotes get harmed because they're also people and they have like a little bit of a disagreement about that at first before like the symbiote part of Venom kind of makes his point of view clear and like forces spider-man to kind of like be like oh shit maybe i um you know have spoken out of turn here on this or you know maybe need to rethink things a little bit and i kind of like stories like that where it's like oh character growth and um it's not that long it's just like i want to say like two thousand words and change um but i thought it was an effective little story and so i definitely wanted to drop that one in here
1: thank you so much um ck red i am so suspicious that this is pronounced carrot i was thinking it was secret well there's two kinds of people (laughs) (laughs) either way um is it what is it ck ret 2 Mm -hmm. okay thank you so much for writing this i love it um literally gonna read it as soon as we're done recording yeah i really like bottle episode stories like that i love small like one shots that are very effective in their like brevity So it's good. It's nice to know that that's that that's out there and that exists. And also that it's just so uh, it's about such a good topic. I think personhood is always something that could stand to be reexamined. But also I do. I agree with you. I really like any story where the hero has to kind of step back and be like, oops, I've been in this one hero mindset for way too long. So I really like that. But let's uh, let's go ahead and find out about the comics.
0: Okay, so the first comic with all the Thanos clones is infinity abyss
1: and i knew it was gonna be called infinity something <laughs> something, or infinity something oh my god who is writing this stuff guys call it something else call it like call it extreme espionage battles <laughs> is that not cool and it doesn't but involve- how would they know
0: that thanos was there
1: oh okay um extreme purple espionage
0: <laughs> it's so purple
1: it's so everyone's purple. It's real wild. Okay, go on.
0: Uh yeah, this one I've I've only gotten partway through it. It is a trip and I would say that this is not necessarily a comic for quote unquote beginners. Um especially if you're like only familiar with the MCU or like you've only seen like Spider-Man movies. It's not a Spider-Man specific comic. It's like a big Marvel comic that Spider-Man is in. I spent a lot of the first issue just being like who is this like and i you know i did read infinity gauntlet so i was like felt like i would be okay for this but it gets into like some real deep lore and like some characters that i have literally never seen referenced in other comics Uh, to be fair like i know a lot about spider-man i don't know a lot about other comics um i would not say that that is
1: true well okay (laughs) x-men
0: but but uh but like when it gets into especially like the the 70s and 80s like era of marvel and a lot of the more cosmic adventures and stuff like that like i don't really know shit about adam warlock except that he's there but they were just name dropping all these characters and it's so wild because the art style and The types of characters that they are do feel really dated to me. Like there is something about them that is like, ah, the person that drew this art was very heavily influenced by like Dungeons and Dragons or like the Hobbit movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. This is a a gnome in space. (laughs) Um, and and a lot of the concepts are are like when I say cosmic, it's almost more what I would say science fantasy as opposed to science fiction, which is a whole other thing I would get into of, like, the Star Wars versus the Star Trek kind of mentality. Whereas I feel like the, like, the MCU and, and kind of what we're familiar with is much more, like, science fiction-based. Like, there's a scientific explanation for almost about everything. A lot of times in these comics, we have characters that's like, they're super powerful because cosmic. And you're just like, okay, sure. right. But it is, it is really a trip. There is plenty of action. I, I will say it is worth looking at just to see the different Thanos clones. Because, like, when I say... They're like based on the other characters. It's like, oh, the Iron Man Thanos like is grafted to like an Iron Man suit. Um, the like this this Thanos has like a giant head, <laughs> it's, like guess Professor X has a giant head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, um, he's not wrong.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like like mega mind, <laughs> like he has like a <gasps> mega mind
1: head. Oh no.
0: Yeah, it's really funny. So um, that part is worth checking out. It is kind of a wild story, if you just really want more crazy space adventures
1: or more thanos
0: uh, yeah or just more thanos so we won't more.
1: judge you i mean we will a little bit but but just to ourselves not to your face
0: <laughs> <laughs> um the last one is the one that i was really excited to talk about so this is spider-man life story number six and spider-man life story is probably one of those comics that if someone was like hey i don't know a lot about spider-man i would like to read some spider-man comics i don't know where to start i might Hand them Spider Man life story because okay. it is a little bit of a different take on the character while trying to retain a lot of the same elements of the character. So, for example, we've talked a lot about Ultimate Spider Man, where they sort of refined a lot of the ideas from decades worth of Spider Man comics. They were like, okay, what if we wrapped up the Clone Saga in less than 10 issues? What if we, you know, took these major events and kind of refined them a little bit, which I really appreciate. But it's still, I mean, the ultimate Spider-Man ran for 10 years, and I think only like a year or two of time actually passes. In Spider-Man Life Story, we do still see those like key moments of Spider-Man events and like, oh, there's the Clone Saga. Oh, there's, you know, this event. Oh, there's that. But each issue is a different decade and time passes naturally. So whereas like Peter Parker is like, you know, early 20s in in issue one, which is the 60s the next issue is the 70s he's aged 10 years he's in his 30s now so by the time issue six which is the final issue comes along it's the tens and he's an old man Mm -hmm. and this is the future past okay um as comics do yeah as comics do um so we've seen him go through a lot of the same trials that he went through over decades and decades worth of Spider-Man comics, but it's, it feels more condensed and it feels more like these things have had an effect on him as a person, you know, because he like he's aged and he's grown and his relationships have remained consistent. There's the idea of having it be a limited series means that we don't have to reset things. You know, there's no danger of things growing stagnant. Like if, something gets cut off, it's cut off for good, you know, that kind of thing. And so by the time issue six rolls around, you know, he's much older. He's been married to Mary Jane for a long time. They have two kids. I think they might even have grandkids at this point. And Miles is there. Miles actually goes up with him to the satellite. And he's, as they're flying up there, he's sort of having this internal monologue about, like, Miles being the next Spider-Man and how, like, It was weird at first, but he doesn't begrudge him that now. And like, you know, the world needs new young heroes and he's, you know, glad that someone is stepping up. And so they get up they basically they're going up to the satellite to like try and shut down the power to like all of Doom's robots so that the rebellion that's on Earth can do its thing. But they get up there and and it's very like alien. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like the movie Alien. Right. Um, where, you know, it's this abandoned space station and they're like, Oh, okay, we're we're doing our thing. But it feels like we're not alone. And then uh, Venom, who has like bonded with Kraven, shows up. And earlier somewhere in the comics, like Craven had, you know, made some pledge that he was like never going to stop hunting Spider-Man. And so clearly as time has passed, he's bonded with Venom and made it to space somehow. And so now you have this crazy, feral Venom creature uh, that they're trapped on the space station with. And then they have to fight and it gets very exciting, and there's some more stuff that happens that I don't want to spoil because I really think that if you have even a passing interest in Spider-Man comics, it's six issues. This is definitely worth a read. It's it's so well written and so well put together. So I think you should read it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I will say that when Cat when Cat and I were first friends, we were both really into Metal Gear, and I didn't really know that Cat was super into comics. And then um, I was like, oh, I'm really into comics too. But then we kind of found out that it was like a Marvel dc thing and so when i found out the cat was really into spider-man spider-man life story is actually one of the things that like came up when i googled it um but i didn't know that that was the plot like that didn't help me in this game at all <laughs> but i do remember the title and i remember um people being like if you want to read spider-man you should read this and i don't remember how long ago i did that search but i do remember being like okay so that's when i'll pick up so it's really interesting to hear your like take on it so if this is your first episode of was spider-man there which is fine they don't go in chronological order by any means this maybe is a good place to start you can pick up um spider-man life story and give that a read and get started and then um, descend into madness like yeah or
0: even if you're a veteran spider-man fan i think it's a fresh enough take on familiar events that there's still something to discover there
1: i love that i love when a series can do that I don't know. I'm just really impressed. I'm also really impressed that I won. I can't, (laughs) I can't lie. I never win. So I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. So thank you for doing all that research for us this week. And thank you for finding out about all these really cool, incredible stories. Uh, But I do have one last question for you do you have a cool piece of spider-man space trivia for me this week (laughs) uh
0: i wanted to take it back to the spider-man animated series because i have not talked about it enough and i just feel like that's my great shame so (laughs) i I have a little bit of spider-man the animated series trivia today okay which is madam webb who i highly recommend you google a picture of just so you can appreciate her okay in the animated series she was voiced by joan lee who is, as you might guess, Stanley's wife. And later on in like the very last episodes of the series, Stanley himself has a cameo in the series and where Spider-Man is, meets up with a bunch of of different Spider-Men. And then at the end of the episode, which I thought was really a very sweet ending to the series, he ends up in the universe of the Spider-Man who is not Spider-Man, but in fact, an actor who plays Spider-Man. And so he gets to see a universe where he's a beloved comic book hero, and he goes to Marvel st- or like Marvel comics and meets Stan Lee, and Stan Lee is just oh. like beside himself to meet the real Spider Man. And so, that- and I think they go web swinging and stuff like that, and it's really cute. <laughs> but then when it's time for him to go home, Madame Web shows up, and she's like, "All right, time time to time to head back to your own universe." And Stan Lee is like, "Who is that exotic woman?" <laughs> and- which is
1: just you know a amusing little mythology gag which i think is very cute i love it i love it so much i love any stanley cameo i know that he's i know he cameos in like basically all of the marvel movies but they get me every time i don't know how but they do uh not that there's any movies being made right now anyway um but you know i do (laughs) i do i do like the um the idea of stanley seeing Madame webb and being like well hello like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know His
0: big bushy eyebrows over the sunglasses yeah
1: well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's cute she's played by uh rue mcclanahan from golden girls oh there we go yeah that's gonna be my really expensive gag when i come to power and start making superhero movies looking at you Brian reynolds <laughs> who i know listens to this podcast <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week. It's been a lot of fun. Go outside. Look at the stars. Spider-Man's up there. My name is Zeke. <laughs> My name is Kat. And we'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Blow, kiss to the sky for Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> for, for him. <laughs> 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 what's up spider pals it's zeke if you enjoyed the stories we talked about in today's episode you should go check out the issues and places they're from and they are spider-man the animated series from 1994 season 5 episodes 9 through 11 secret wars from 1985 numbers 1 through 12 infinity abyss numbers 1 through 6 spider-man life story number six and our featured fanfic this week was personhood by ck ret ret and then the number two i think it's carrot too but cat says it's secret so either way please go read personhood by ck ret and then the number two thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week